0: Let us pray. Almighty God, through your only Son, you overcame death. And open to us the light of eternity. Enlighten our minds with the presence of your Spirit, that we may hear your words of comfort and challenge. In the reading of the Scriptures, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Our message today comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16. Hear these words. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So
1: if you've heard me speak often enough, you know that I'm the kind of guy who loves to find how to understand a group of people by knowing two things about them. So if you are somebody who uh, likes the um, Super Bowl, you either like it for the game or the commercials. Are are you catching me here, right? If you're a fan of Thanksgiving, you're either a fan of the turkey or the sides. Are are you catching with me here, right? So I believe as children, there were two kinds of experiences That you learned about quickly the first one was what i like to call the me first experiences me first experiences as a child especially if you didn't have a whole lot of siblings that was when you had the chance to make the first selection of the candy at easter me first moments were when you wanted to get the biggest piece of the cake or the rarest color of balloon, oftentimes me first moments were those moments when really at heart, we wanted to be the focus of attention. We wanted to be center stage. We wanted to be the envy of all who were waiting for their turn. Now, you can agree with me on me first moments. Would you agree with me also on kids also learn that there are some situations when you definitely don't want to be the first to do it? These were known as go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. This was when um, the last uh, serving of creamed spinach that had sat there cold in the bowl was left. Now (laughs) I love it, the spirit has arrived, this is good. Now these moments, um, similar to when you're at uh, camp and you want someone else to discover how cold the lake is before swimming in it in yourself. Oh no, you go first, right? Now you have to be really careful in how you intone the mantra of you go first. Because if you say it too quickly, either rapidly, you go first, Uh or if you say it without pausing appropriately as people ponder the value of going first, you might find yourself in a me first moment. because your parents realized you were trying to escape. We often said, you go ahead because we didn't want to take a risk. We often said, you go ahead because we wanted to watch and see someone else experience the unknown before we had to experience the unknown. The you go ahead was that great response that allowed us to physically and mentally prepare for what was ahead. No, you go ahead. Our scripture today is a conversation. It's a a story. It it is probably the least favored scripture passage to preach on, on Easter morning. Let me give you some ideas about why. And I'm pretty sure the, the... Pastor Josh selected the scripture for today. I'm pretty sure he's not doing a you-go-ahead to me, I promise. But if you read our scripture passage today, it ends with verse 8. And verse 8 says very clearly, So they went out, this is the women, and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them, And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Happy Easter. I mean, let's just pick up on the words that are said here. Does this sound like a celebration, a triumphal ending to a beautiful story? They went out and fled. I don't often flee from triumphal moments. And they were consumed by, or I'm sorry, they were seized by terror and amazement. Sometimes I'm amazed at how terrified I am. Okay, that was a joke, but all right. Um, And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Even the earliest Christian scribes found Mark's conclusion to the gospel story too odd and too abrupt, that he ends it almost like he made it to the page minimum limit of the essay and said and i'm done period right you would think here we are standing but apparently somebody said something to someone about the risen jesus because we're here so our ending is awkward at best and let's be honest if first century believers had a trouble with this particular ending of the gospel of mark how much more do we have trouble in a uh, binging kind of world where we want more and more about our characters so much that we will suffer through how many marvel comic universe avenger movies that we will suffer through six or seven episodes of WandaVision just to see what happens to Vision, right? And for those of you who don't connect with Marvel or WandaVision, raise your hand if you saw Rocky V. Anything to see how Yo Adrian pulls it off. And those of you who don't play by Rocky V, Friday the 13th, part six, anyone? We like a full story one that carries it out. We don't want abruptness. Now, Mark is known for his less than elegant writing style. Mark's favorite word to be a transition between one scene and the next scene is immediately. He uses it 13 times. There's roughly, what, 16 chapters. So he uses it almost once per chapter. Can you understand that you and I could have written a more interesting Gospel, at least by using different adjectives. There's this certain abruptness to Mark. Now, Mark's ending is strange because we feel like something got left off, and we're not the only ones. Scholars and scribes uh, tell us that the um, longer ending of Mark was added on. Uh, the longer ending of uh, Mark kind of wraps everything up with a bow, Makes us feel good about what's going on. Makes us feel like, yeah, we won one for the team, right? It's a clear and decisive victory, much like Baylor over U of H. No UCLA and Gonzaga here. Anybody? Anybody? Wow. All right, I'm gonna keep going because that's what they tell you when your jokes fail. So what's interesting about Mark 16 is that Mark goes to great lengths to tell us that Jesus has died, that Jesus has died so finally that Joseph of Arimathea, a rich man, donates his burial space so that Jesus might be laid in it. Mark is so descriptive that he tells us that this is now no longer the day of preparation, but now it is the day of Passover, telling us that there has been time that has elapsed. And here we have this beautiful picture of the women coming to prepare Jesus's body. These are the same women who have witnessed Jesus heal people, feed people. These are the same people who, um, let's be honest, many of the disciples scattered during the crucifixion. But there, these three women sat at the bottom of the cross watching Jesus's last days and last minutes. These are what Mark tells us are the first people to come to witness their uh, Jesus's body. And let's be honest, there was probably some terror in their hearts. There was some terror as to how we would remove the um, stone from where Jesus lay. How would they get entry into the tomb? The stone that blocks their entrance But these were the women who loved and cared for him, and so they proceeded anyways. I mean, really, if we would just end Mark chapter 16, verse 1 through 8, with verse 7, I think we could all agree on that. I would love for us to be such a great democracy that as the church we might vote together to just get rid of verse 8. Verse 7 is quite nice. I'll read it to you. Uh, But the angel says, but go. Go. Tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. What I like about that is that Galilee is the first place where the disciples experience Jesus. Galilee is their beginning point. It is the beginning of the season. It is the beginning of the journey. It is the trailhead to their journey that is coming. And so when the angel says, go to Galilee, go back to the beginning and remember why we journeyed these three years. There you will find him. Now, there are some who say that Jesus was very much in the mood of having people keep the secret. Mark chapter one, uh, Jesus heals somebody uh, who is blind and says, but don't tell anybody. Instead, go to the rabbi, to the priest and present yourself To be deemed clean. Some scholars say, well, that's what Jesus is doing here in Mark's gospel. He's saying that uh, being uh, quiet until the time it needs to be said is a good thing. I'm going to say that that's probably not exactly what Mark meant. Either Mark's ending got lost in the uh, distant mysteries of history, or, better put, Mark chapter 16, verse 8. kind of does its work, and then stops and allows us to respond. Everything that we do here in church, uh, in worship, is about the um, spoken word of God and then our response. Today, we have uh, been hearing about Mark chapter 16, verse 1 through 8. In a few minutes, you'll be able to respond by joining together in communion In fact, you could say that there is this great rhythm of back and forth as Christians come to worship on Sunday and then depart in response to the proclamation of God. They return having worked and served on behalf of God only to come to worship God, to say thanks and to get uh, providence and provision to go out and respond again. What if Mark is creating that wonderful rhythm for us that here the women have arrived they have uh, seen that god has moved away the stone in front of the tomb and they are ready uh, to celebrate that jesus is risen that he is not here and that when they leave to go to galilee it is not that they tell no one but rather that mark is giving us the opportunity to tell someone Mark is giving us the opportunity to do a me-first moment, to realize that this is that opportunity to tell the world what it means to be Easter people. Now, I'll give you this. God has been a a go-ahead God uh, for most of salvation history. Uh, When Moses led the people away from Pharaoh and into the wilderness, God was ahead of them, a pillar of fire by at night and a pillar of smoke by day. God was a go ahead God in those days. When the Israelites were struggling to establish their foothold in the land of Canaan, the Ark of the Covenant, God's presence in their midst would go ahead of them into battle. When the psalmists and the poets of Israel described God's ever guiding presence, they sang of the mighty arm of God that went ahead of God's people. When God wanted to speak to the people, uh, he called a prophet who would go ahead of them. And even in that last moment, when Israel falls to Babylon and is sent into exile, God goes ahead of the people into exile to prepare a place for them to thrive and to grow. And even here on this morning, When the women who had witnessed Jesus's death and burial went to anoint his body with spices, God went ahead to roll away the stone from in front of the now empty tomb. Friends, as we gather together on Easter, there might be a nagging question in the back of your mind, a question that, uh, you know, God may not know exactly where I am today, That that preacher up front may not know exactly where I am today. You might find yourself in a place that's so dark, so dim, so off the beaten path, that only a miracle will turn it around. And you're pretty sure a miracle is a long shot away. I I wanna remind you that resurrection is that foreign experience. Our do-it-yourself self-help culture, we love to be able to make it happen, right? Let's just look at a YouTube video and we can turn this around. But resurrection is that foreign experience. It is that uh, opportunity where we cannot manipulate it. We cannot control it. We cannot time it out. We can only allow that which brings life to bring life into us. And the truth of the matter is that we have served a God who has gone first uh, as often as possible But our response, having been resurrected people, having experienced the death in us turned to life, our way of praising God is to be a go-ahead church. In a world of a pandemic, we should be the kind of people who go ahead. They go ahead to get their vaccines. They they go ahead and wear their mask until it's safe not to. They go ahead and take risks. We should be a go-ahead church that even if we are privileged enough to experience all the benefits of healthcare, how can we be a go-ahead church and allows those who are the least, the last, those who are outside of the normal uh, channels of receiving uh, healthcare or vaccines, how can we let them be part of what we're doing? In a pandemic, it's so easy to hang back and to wait because when we wait, We get to see how somebody else fares. When we wait, we get the protection. We get the safety of seeing what else happens. So that when we're ready, we're really ready. Church say that we've been ready for a long time. That the power of Jesus is the power of the resurrection. It's the power of hope. It is the power that no matter what is out there, no matter what the future holds, we can be me first people to serve others, to be those who stand in the gap, to be those who recognize that it is a risky world, a world that no one knows what future will hold. But we serve a God who walks confidently into death and provides us a way to new life. I think Mark chapter 16, 1 through 8 is an opportunity for us to remember that there is still a response for us to do. Having been set free from sin, what have we been freed for? What will we do with our humble life that God has given us back? Hopefully, we will serve others. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen.